last time on Almost Heroes. The gang meets a giant warforge that they learn his name to be Melvin Strongtoe, and he's the keeper of the Dust Forge. Uh, Melvin tells the group that he was able to relight the Dust Forge, which uh, he actually calls Morden's Shield. Um, but while kind of receiving some lore and some background knowledge uh, tied to the Dust Forge, they learn that there's a second forge called the Dawn Forge, which has actually been untapped and not has not been relit. Um, Melvin encourages the group to maybe find someone who might be able to relight it, uh, in which Rangram's ears immediately perked up. Um, but in relighting this Dawn Forge, there'll be a whole new set of untapped resources, the Master Armory. There's there's a, a lock and key be- behind um, the lighting of these two forges. Um, he then tells the group about a set of enha- enchantments, sorry, enhancements that happen when forging at both the Dusk and the Dawn Forge, or even better yet, if something is forged or enhanced at both of them. Uh, Cosmo and Rangrim seem incredibly interested in relighting up the Dawn Forge. You know, four things. Uh, Rangram decides to finally bring up the proverbial elephant in the room and approaches Melvin about his ability to remove a cursed hand and attach maybe a machined hand that Mash had made him. Uh, Glenn and Melvin take some time to review the machination and kind of come up with a plan as to how they'll go about this. Uh, But once Rangram is ready to give up the cursed arm, Glenn pops Rangram with a nightcap mushroom, putting him to sleep. And as Rangram is passing out, Glenn removes the cursed limb with a fell swoop of one of his swords. An interruption of blood, a blood golem emerges from the severed arm and begins to manifest in the room. Uh, With Rangrim leaking profusely from his stump, Cosmo springs into action and strikes the bloody abomination. Rangrim submerges the creature and his own arm in a flowing forge in the room, cauterizing his wound and allowing him to stay alive in the fight. As Cosmo lashes out with a dominant force of holy electricity and Melvin doing his best Cosmo impression, trying to squish the monstrosity's head, after some final attacks from the group and our new giant Warforged friend, the creature is defeated. With the cursed limb removed, Rangram finally feels more like himself, almost like a sickness had been removed that he didn't know was there. After quick thinking, after a quick thinking detect good and evil from Cosmo, he identifies that even though the limb is removed, there is still a strong source of aberration magic emanating from Rangram. Uh, Glenn and Melvin successfully attach the new arm to Rangram after what feels like an eternity of stress for Glenn and Melvin. Meanwhile, in a faraway place, a small, dark-skinned, light-haired individual wearing nothing but tattered black robes is crying to themselves. And that is where we left off. Thank you so much, PK. That brings us to episode 50, Forging Ahead. Welcome back, everyone. We pick up with our Almost Heroes, waking up after a tumultuous night at the fabled Dust Forge, also known as Morden Shield. After accomplishing the long-sought-after task of separating Rangrim, or Handgrim, ending the Handgrim saga, uh, separating Rangrim from his cursed hand and defeating the monster living within it, uh, our boys find themselves with some downtime and decisions to make about where to head next. So, I think that just based on how much time uh, you all have to sleep. I'd probably say that Glenn would be waking up first, uh, having a couple hours before uh, the rest of you would be rousing. Uh, so Glenn, what would you be doing? What does your morning look like? Uh, so per usual with Glenn, he would be taking the time to kind of warm up uh, his body, get get the juices flowing. So he's going to summon Joro and uh, how he would have with uh, Chandrell. He summons the 
the rapier, the sentient sword, and kind of just gets his muscles loose, um, spars with Joro in the morning just to kind of wake himself up. It's his caffeine, and then he's going to head in to the forge and see if he can't find our big giant warforge friend. Really awesome. My dice. Awesome, yeah. Um, so uh, one thing that happens, I'll say that while you're waking up, uh, and it's probably something that's a little bit a little bit strange and a little bit unsettling. Um, you don't know whether it is something that you kind of imagined or whether it's something you actually saw, but you swear for like a split second, you see the like this very vague, very, it's, and it's while you're fighting the rapier, I think. It's while you're like doing your normal stances and your normal fight. And for just a flash, you see what you think to be Chandrell for just a split second, and they're just standing there, and they're looking to like kind of the north. They're just standing straight, and they're looking north with their head turned, and they're just just within a blink of an eye, they're gone. And you don't want to know whether or not whether or not you actually saw them, uh, because you kind of just like you're mid fight, and then you just kind of see it, and then it's gone. Ominous. Uh, uh, yeah. So Glenn's gonna head inside after seeing after seeing that and look for uh, our new friend Melvin. Okay. Yeah, so uh, you go down uh, and you can see that uh, Melvin is kind of just, I think just kind of cleaning up still from the night before, kind of doing some helping the little uh, automaton spider creatures uh, with, you know, have, which have done most of the work, but he's doing it with some kind of some final like scraping. He clearly, uh, you know, as the caretaker, the keeper of the, Morden Shield Forge, like, is you know getting down there, doing some grout and trying to make sure to get all the blood out of all the all the nooks and crannies. Uh, Glenn's gonna approach Melvin, say, "Hey, Melvin, morning. Did you get any rest last night? Do you even sleep?" I. Uh, it's been quite a while since I've had to worry about such, uh, you know, normal things such as slumber. But uh, no, I uh, I have been up most of the night with making sure that I could, that this forge is in pristine condition as it has been and should always be. I uh, appreciate your, your dedication to keeping your, your home and your, your holy land so, so well taken care of. I, just out of curiosity, uh, since it's just us two and the, the dwarves seem to still be asleep, how, how long have you been in that thing? Uh, he kind of he stops his uh, his his rubbing of the the between like the grout uh, on the ground. It kind of like gets creakily up to his uh, full height, which of course is pretty large and like a you know about nine feet tall and about eight feet wide. Uh, big boy. Um, it's been it's been quite some time since I've been in this body, but before that I was in another and. Before that, I was in my original dwarven body. But though I've traveled kind of between forms, it's, this is the one that uh, I have found to be the most comfortable, at least since my original form. Uh, do, you, do you have any recollection of how you ended up in that form? We've, uh, we've come across other warforges and shapes like yourself uh and each story seems to be a different different version of pain and anguish and i was curious if you if you had any recollection of what yours was like 
Of course, it's it's quite a long story. Uh, do you have the time? I usually wake up a couple hours before the guys, so yeah. Of course, of course. So oh, yes, you. I I do. I've met many of your kind in the past, and uh, you don't seem to need uh, as much sleep as the as the dwarven kin. Yes, I um. I, I come from across the seas over in Nuarda from a, a place known as Goldengrim. I was once just a normal mountain dwarf, you know, lived my life there. And after some time, the, when the city was thriving, when it was above ground, the, uh, there was a, uh, I don't know whether he wasn't really the one in charge of the city, but when the one in charge left, he was kind of left as a steward of sorts, this, this mage. And he took it upon himself to dive into some of the more necromantic arts and decided that us within Golden Grim would be better off, better served to evolve past our mortal form. At first, it was an offering you could essentially forego your organic form, your dwarven body, to be uh, fit into a mechanical form that, although originally they, they didn't look, they weren't as sophisticated as this one, they were simpler, much more fragile. The, uh, as the bodies progressed and became more powerful and more people were adopting them, the option became less of an option and more forceful and at some point the decision whether or not you wanted to keep your dwarven form became almost completely removed from us i was taken separated from my body and my soul stuffed into a small gem and he kind of like as he's saying this he kind of like opens up like a he kind of like pushes on a plate on the and kind of like the center chest area almost stomach uh, and you can see that there's like this amethyst gem that's about a foot, uh, like a foot tall. And it's like this kind of like very, um, it's not like a shard or anything like that. It's very well formed. You, you can tell that it's probably formed by some sort of magic, but it's just like this kind of like amethyst colored uh, gem that's in there. It's crystal. And he kind of like leaves it open for a second. You can see like it's pulsing with this kind of like as he's talking, it's kind of pulsing. Um, and he, he shuts it again. And it was, I spent some time uh, without a body. I, as many of us dwarves did at the time when we were taken unwillingly from our forms because they didn't want to, they wanted to give us time, I guess, to settle and to be less angry about what they had done. But at some point, a group of adventurers came through and restored me to a body. And I was then able to travel and kind of make my way in the world. And eventually Golden Grim rose again, uh, defeating the, the mage that had, the mad mage that had done this to me. But yeah, that's, that's how I, came to lose my dwarven form and gained my first warforged body but this one the form you find me in now this was a gift more than anything but i 
I found myself again without a body and just happened to have this one given to me by someone who no longer needed it. Well, it's, uh, it's quite the impressive form. Sounds like you've had a, a long and kind of lonely life. I, I feel for you. I, I, I know being around, seeing people pass, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tough experience. So if you ever maybe want that crystal to go out, go ahead and let me know. I'll take care of you. As you can tell, I don't really have too much apprehension when it comes to maybe harming somebody, especially someone close to me. It kind of shoots him a wink. <laughs> he, uh, I think he kind of, for a second, is trying to figure out whether or not you're on the level. He rolls a one. He's really bad at that insight check. Um, so I don't think he understands. Uh, I think at first he's, he's kind of uh, confused on what you're, you're saying goes, and almost takes it, I think, a little bit more as a threat, um, but responds. It wouldn't be the first time that someone has tried that. As I said, I lost my original Warforged body, and that, again, was not by choice. But I made it back, and I'm here now. And there's still plenty for me to do. I always seem to find a purpose or some way to bring some sort of positive effect on this world. And I fully intend to keep doing that. That's a, that's a beautiful thought. Now that, you know, Morden's effectively dead, who do you pilgrim, or who do you host pilgrimages for? I mean, what's What's the entity that you even are obeying at this point? That's a fair question. The magic that imbues the Morden's shield and the Dawn Forge and the Dusk Forge with their power is not fully divine, though it's missing some of its more potent magic that now that the divine powers have, have essentially been snuffed out. There is still a lot of magic within this structure, and weapons forged here are still more powerful than they would be if not. As I stated before, if you forge weapons here at this forge, and while the the anvil is active, they will have potent abilities at night, and if those same weapons are again reforged at the Dawn Forge, they would hold those abilities uh, throughout the day and evening as well. What I'm waiting for was for someone to finish the work that I've begun and to bring the Dawn Forge back to life to complete the cycle. I don't know whether I... And he kind of like seems to stop for a second as though he was like going to say something that he didn't, uh, you know, it was a little bit too personal or didn't fully intend to. Uh, roll a persuasion check. Happily. 11 plus... Uh, 12 total. Okay. I don't know whether or not I believe that Morden's fully gone. But if there's anything I could possibly do to relight the fire more in the world. Bringing these forges back to life seems like a pretty tangible way to do that. 
It's a, it's an honorable cause. I'd say don't hold your breath waiting for Morden, but I guess you don't really have to worry about that. And Glenn's going to kind of walk away, um, start heading down towards the where the guys were staying, just to wake them up. Okay. Yeah, so um, you would have been down in the forge, uh, so you'd be going back up, or I guess. Back up. To, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, I think that um, let us... I think Rangrim, uh, I think you had a pretty good night's sleep. Um, so I, I think that, I think you'd be waking up uh, pretty well rested. Uh, yeah, I think Rangrim actually wakes up a little earlier than normal. You know, coming off of, I think everyone has had a point where you come off a real bad illness or an injury. And it's that first mm-hmm. night we slept like perfect. He wakes up like refreshed and and with a lot more clarity, he takes his normal morning routine, but it's like heavier while he's doing his uh, blessing of the forge and blessing his barricade shield and sort of just like looking at his like new hand, like still doing like this thing a lot. <laughs> clink, 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 clink. And then like the blade coming out. So at the moment, he's just like stoically just preparing his shield and like reflecting by his lonesome for the moment. Okay. Yeah, I think that um, you're all in the same room, um, but I think that uh, Cosmo, uh, Cosmo's still probably asleep. That's right. Um, it was just all cots in the one room. That's right. Mm-hmm. They're like stone, basically stone beds. Mm-hmm. You know, dwarven special. Sick dwarf beds. That's right. Uh, Glenn, Glenn turns the corner and takes out the kettle that he normally brews tea with, which is like this heavy cast iron kettle. And one of the just like a, a small metal python that he's been holding on to and he just clangs them together really freaking hard. He's like, morning, boys. Well, you're a little boisterous this morning, Glenn. Normally you're off doing your karate behind like the cop by yourself. That was, was like that an you? hour ago. And then Cosmo uh, leans up and he's like, well, that was before his god got stolen from him. My god. Like- or whatever. I don't waste time giving power to, you know, other things. I like to manifest it myself. Shall we, boys? Yeah. Right. I like to manifest things, too. Be, take charge of your own destiny. He gives him a big, like, thumbs up and a wink <laughs> with his right hand. But that ends up being a middle finger, because if you ever... Oh, yeah. He, yeah. Up, <laughs> it's a middle finger. <laughs> yeah, do that. You can't get it with my hand. I just gave you. I'm like, well, I, I think um, I haven't got this thing quite figured out yet. Glenn, Glenn and then smirks. he goes, looks at Cosmo and goes to give him the finger and gives him a thumbs up. <laughs> Good morning, Cosmo. <laughs> totally forgot you did that. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll fix it, but not yet. Cosmo definitely offers back a good thumbs up as. He's glad he didn't get a bird. That's why he's birds. We have all the kinks worked out with this thing yet, but we'll work on it and we'll get back to you. And he just gives Glenn the finger again. But this time it is, it is because he's trying to give him a thumbs up still. Well, okay. Glenn knows. Glenn understands. Glenn kind of chuckles to himself. He's like, well, boys, our uh, big metal friend still very much awake. So, What you, uh, what you been doing since you woke up like yesterday? kind of catching up with Melvin, trying to figure out how the hell he ended up in that giant contraption. I mean, the the only other time we've seen something that big was uh, 
Doc, who was kind of cursed to the, or not Doc, sorry, it was, what was the brother's name? Willie. Willie. Wait, was it Willie? Alton, right? Willie was, Alton. Willie was, Alton the, was the giant automaton. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Willie yes, was yes. the one we just murdered on that bridge. Absolutely <laughs> smart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just when Poe pooped in your eye. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I was the only other time I'd ever seen an automaton of that size even functioning. It was a, a cursed being, ultimately. It wasn't truly a, a happy stance. I was trying to see if that was something similar with Melvin and I'll be honest, I couldn't really tell if it was a good situation or a bad situation, but Melvin seemed to be content with where he is, so he looks very eager to, in a very sarcastic tone, embolden the lives of dwarves. I don't know what that really like looks like for you guys, but I'm sure he's going to be excited to talk to you. I might have threatened and or offered to kill him, so uh, can't that's, that. that's nothing uh, new. He's threatened I'm, everybody we mostly meet. But uh, let's go be in, what did you say? Enlightened? Emboldened. Emboldened. Shall we, Rangrim? Yeah, that sounds good. And like, hey, yeah, that's kind of just par for the course for you, Blaine. I saw you just give back fake gold to a guy you stole from. I mean, I stole fake gold. Not did he not want anything. it back? Well, this is true. It was his thing. You did give it back to him. So it is the right thing to do. Well, it's definitely for the wrong reason. I, mean, I don't have a god. I don't have a god leading me in towards any kind of direction. So, that's a you problem. Do I have to leave you in the right direction? You want me to start smacking you in the head? Uh, just stay away from my head. I've seen how that goes for a lot of people. Oh, I can be your god if you want. Sure. What do you want me to call you? We're not gonna. Nope. And uh, Cosmo just walks out the door, weird. and he just jumps and smacks him in the back of the head with his <laughs> hand. Awesome. Um, what? So, so we're hanging out. We're hanging out in the uh, in the Dusk Forge. Um, what do you all? What would you all like to do? Like spend your day doing? Um, you know, there's a lot of options. Lots of things to do. Forging, crafting, tinkering, researching, planning for where you want to go next. Uh, and then like, you know, if you want to continue to talk to Melvin and ask him, you know, about his past and anything else uh, about, you know, what is going on or what has gone on because he's been around for a long time. Uh, Rangram does want to head down because the forge is like in the inner workings of this. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So Rangram does want to like head down into there. And he has some questions for Melvin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's going to do some forging, but he's going to look to Glenn and be like, hey, uh, Glenn, so you know how your thing doesn't have, like, your god in it anymore, right? I don't know why he got, yeah, yeah. It's not my god, but sure. Well, I mean, he never really told us what it was, so we're making assumptions. I don't even know what she is. She just kind of was there. It, it doesn't matter. Well, yeah, what about I mean, it? I know we, like, broke it. Do you like it better as, like, the two things together or just, like, the two things apart? I don't know how to, these elvish weapons uh, work, but um, I was thinking maybe I could fix it and Melvin could. He said that we get like cool stuff if I forge it here. So I'm thinking, you know, help, I could help you to help me. I, I don't know. Basically, you're saying you, you need some material you want to practice on. Worst case scenario, you just. Yeah, and if it. I break it, it's oh. not mine. That's kind of what I'm getting at a little bit. 
Well, it's I, not really his anyways either, right? Yeah, I fully support this notion. Worst case scenario, it's more destroyed than it is right now. Best case, I have a an actual nice weapon. Yeah, why not? That sounds good. I mean, we we'll see what happens, right? I'll uh I'll hand over the the snapped in half double bladed scimitar. Um, but like as he's handing over, he goes, leave the the threading though. You never know when you might need to kind of break these apart for convenience. Maybe we don't snap it next time. There's threading on it. <laughs> I think that's what that is. And I like we're the one part that's like... slightly broken. I just like so now it's in three pieces with like the tiny lug nut. <laughs> like I think that that's what this more, was. That makes a lot more sense that you would do that mechanically speaking instead of just like having this big like stick. I digress. I'm gonna go talk to uh, Melvin and see if he could uh, maybe let me mess around on this like. I don't know, Godforge thing could be pretty cool. Hey, Cosmo, uh, you got anything you want me to see if Melvin will let me do some stuff too? Uh, well, let's wait and see what happens with if Glenn's the... thing breaks first. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe fair. I'll let you touch my armor. That's uh, it's, it's real trusting of you, Cosmo. I try, uh. I get, yeah. Oh. So right after taking the cemetery, Rangram would just make his way down to find uh, our buddy Melvin. Yeah, rad, awesome. Yeah, so you go down, uh, you go down to the forge, uh, and uh, Melvin again is kind of like I think he's scraping, he's scrubbing the wall this time, not the floor, but he's still he's still doing some grout, and there's a lot of blood. Oh there, like this place, I mean, it was a literal literal bloodbath. Um, but yeah, uh, so you you find uh, Melvin continuing to clean. He goes, "Oh, Rangrim, uh, see you're finally awake." Yeah, I got the best uh, bloody sleep I've got in years. I forgot people didn't just have nightmares every day. That was just like normal. I'm uh, I'm glad to hear that you're you're feeling better. I was uh, I was concerned that. Uh, you don't have any pain or anything in the hand? Uh, no, considering that I also realized my hand was constantly in pain for quite a while. It, this feels great. I mean, it, like, very good bang-up job. And he goes to give him a thumbs up. <laughs> but I'm just flip, now flipping him off. Oh, seems like we might have a, a couple kinks to work out. But all in all, I would call that one a success. It was a little bit of a shot in the dark, but... Seems as though we were able to get things all, for the most part, taken care of. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Cosmo would walk into the room as he probably happens. Is, well, yeah, you should probably hold off on all the, the thumbs up I think you're trying to do, Red Grim. Well, why don't you mind your business, Cosmo? And he goes to give him the finger. <laughs> yep, definitely some wires. I don't crossed. know. The thing's not working or something. It's just... I will figure that out. Uh, and then Cosmo is just gonna wa- start kind of rummaging through and looking, but that'll be in a okay. little bit. Okay. Continue. Dan. So, yes. Unless you're not going to do anything, Dan. <laughs> oh, were we waiting on me? I was so confused. On yes. What was happening there. I was just getting myself in the room. Okay, and I just gave you the finger awkwardly. And yes, we're now just standing there. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Glenn Melvin, into Melvin, silence. <laughs> Melvin has, has, has kind of like turned back away from you creepily and has, has gone back to scrubbing the wall since he seemingly is not needed. <laughs> well, Melvin, actually, um, I was wondering if you would let me use the, uh, the forge here. I want to fix my uh, companion here's uh, weapon. And I know you said this forge has properties that you can't find other places. And I think that could definitely help us um, going forward. And I think with your uh, supervision, I could probably uh, get this thing back up to to uh, a good working speed for him. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, the The properties of the Dawn Forge, or the Dusk Forge, are... Uh are most potent uh, during the night. What we'll need to do is, over the course of the day, any weapons that you would like to forge, we can prepare them, get the the majority of it created, and then do the the final hammering once the anvil lights this evening. Oh, that sounds uh, that sounds great. I mean, uh, how long do you think something like that would take for? And he pulls out both the uh, scimitars. He's like trying to screw it together, but he realized he just like broke the threads on it. He's like, well, I'm going to have to fix that apart too, but for to do something like this, this thing here. This should, uh, I mean, you seem like an uh, accomplished blacksmith. I, I don't believe it would take you too long. You, the final, the final hammering should, I mean, you have the entire night to uh, imbue whatever, number of weapons you can create during the day uh, with the properties of the dust forge all right well i mean i'm pretty quick at making stuff so we're, we're gonna see what's gonna happen i'm but well, i might need your help because i have a tendency of these things not going very good for me when i make these uh decisions so um in the meantime do you have any i know all of these books here i saw some that Glenn was transcribing and oh and Dwarvish. Do you have any others specifically to or I mean that you might think that I would find useful? I know they're all books on smithing, but there's just so many I would I wouldn't even know where to really start. I have a lot of clarity right now. For some reason I want to read a book and it's freaking me out a little bit, but I just kind of think I just gotta I just gotta get on that horse if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Got to get on that donkey and ride it. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so what? I, I, as I've just just recently met you, I don't know you from Adam. What uh, what kind of smithing are you interested in mostly? What are what are you looking for? Well, if there's any way, I mean, I can make just about anything. Like you see this armor, I found it. It was alive and it tried to kill me in a haunted house. Guess what? Now I'm wearing it. And it didn't even fit me. I resized it in one evening. So, I mean, I'm pretty handy when it comes to a forge, but I was wondering more of like a magical property, similar to the stuff you make here in this forge. Mm. So more of a history of uh, enchanting of of that sort of, of imbuing a, a weapon with uh, magical properties. Is that, that's, that's more what you're looking for? That, that sounds more uh, up my alley. And I think, um, I know you don't want to take those books from from here. Well, I can actually respect that. This is a, and he's like kind of just like looking around at the whole forge. He's like, I mean, this place is awesome, and I'd be pissed too if someone was taking my shit out of here. So like, uh, maybe I can give that a, a read. 
while we prep everything for, for like the evening. And, and I mean, I don't think they care too much. Do you, Cosmo? Nope. Yep. Just chilling here. Just straight chilling. <laughs> Looking around at all the books too. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I think, I think Melvin, uh, kind of, obviously stops his, his cleaning and kind of uh, slowly kind of trumps over to the, the bookcase uh, where he kind of wipes off one of the, uh, the nameplates. Um, oh, I should do some more dusting, it seems. And uh, kind of shows you to a section uh, that is basically for uh, kind of like imbuing weapons with magical properties, like enchanting dwarven, like dwarven and master dwarven enchanters and kind of what the, the weapons that they have created uh, and imbued with, yeah, you read of, you know, just like some of the weapons created in here, like there was a, there was like a war hammer, uh, that would like return to the hand of the wielder. There's, um, there, there is like, there's just like a multitude of, of legendary master craft weapons, uh, that have been made here. Uh, and, and though these, these dwarves were not masters of actually creating the weapons themselves. Uh, they were masters at like imbuing them with magical properties. Uh, but yeah, so if you would like to, so do me, um, so I'll ask you the same question I asked uh, Glenn in the last one. Um, mm-hmm. When you're looking for a book, would you be like, would you be grabbing like the most ornate one? Would you be grabbing like, uh, like the biggest one? Or would you just be grabbing like, this is kind of my Indiana Jones and the, uh, the last crusade kind of question for the, for the cup. Like what yeah, kind of book would you be grabbing? Grail? It's uh, exactly. the, one, it's the coffee cup that said Jesus. Uh, I just <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is my homeboy. <laughs> my boy, Chizo. Um Number one dad. Uh, Ring Room would be like really overwhelmed. He probably hadn't read it a book like since leaving the underdark and i don't think that the durgar really write very uh engaging novels <laughs> i imagine most of their books are pretty like hateful and spiteful mind flayers and me yeah mind flayers and me <laughs> <laughs> oh god that's so funny <laughs> so i believe he would just be kind of going for the most like average looking book at first mm-hmm. Um, cool. Just not trying to get something, you know, a pencil thin like owner's manual, and he's definitely not looking for like the massive tome. Something that he pr- probably be able to read over the course of a day if he was given time to do so. Okay, yeah, I think you see this uh, this little. Uh, actually, roll me roll me an investigation check, or you can use your passive if you'd rather. Uh, my pass. Uh, my passive investigation is is bad. Okay. I, have a, I have a big old plus zero to that. So I'm going to take my roll of a 15. Okay, great. Yeah, I think you find this uh, this little well-worn uh, book. It's, you know, it's kind of the mama bear book as far as sizes go. It's kind of like right in the middle. It's a little bit shorter maybe than, than some of the other ones around it. But you pick it up and um, you, uh, you begin to uh, read it. Roll me an arcana check. Okay. Uh, it's also intelligence-based. That was an 18. Damn. Yeah, I think that... I think that you... I think you pick up some things from this book. I think that you... You read about this master dwarven craftsman that traveled here from, like, a pretty small kind of, like, 
dwarven community to actually to the east, uh, not to the west, like so not from New Arda, uh, of these dwarves that like live on the surface. Uh, they don't actually like live below the ground. They don't do a ton of uh, mining. And so like they've, they've kind of learned from like some of the, the, the cultures to the east that are much more interested in like the actual like arcana and the like actually enchanting of weapons so like there's a lot more dwarves that have like arcane magic there and i think that uh, from reading this book you're uh and i think it'll take you a little bit a little bit of time but uh, i think that yeah you you pick up uh, a good amount from this that you're like okay like you know you you are familiar with enchanting with enchanting weapons even on a temporary basis and from what you're understanding from this as though it's different you're starting to understand ways that potentially you could make some of those enchantments permanent if you just kind of like continue to like hone your craft but i think this is one of the first times that you've like started to think that way where it's like oh like wow like this you know maybe there is a connection here with the skills that you're currently using to enchant your weapons enchant your shield on a day-to-day basis um you might be able to take that to the next level if you start you know practicing this uh and potentially you know be able to imbue weapons with magic that'd be tight so that's uh, amazing and after like that little light bulb goes off and Rangram's head I think he's at this point really just kind of like feverishly reading through it because he was mm-hmm. like holy shit I just learned something from a book maybe I need to keep reading this book he would just be engrossed in it until uh, until he finished it. I'd say, really. Okay. Um, yeah. Roll me. Um, roll me a. Mm, roll me a d six. To uh, help help him stay focused, uh, Glenn, like probably everyone's mother here, doing while they're doing homework, just brings snacks and tea by every like four or five hours. Seeing him really trying hard when he breaks a little mm-hmm. s- sweat on his brow, he pads it off. Tell his brain's really trying, like a cut man. Yeah, Clinch. Yeah, exactly. Clinch is coming through. Yeah, I'm like worried about the fighting just when he reads. Yeah, Clinch yeah. being What'd supportive of Ranger using his brain. <laughs> What'd you get on the D6? Oh, uh, no, what's cocked? Five. Five. Okay. okay. Uh, I think it takes you five hours to read that book. Oh, so I wanted the low numbers on that roll. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I think that's fair, though. I think that I, you I know, totally, totally agree. I don't think yeah. he'd be, he's not speed reading that by any choice. Probably been years since he'd had to read anything in Dwarven. True, true, for sure. And I'll say that, that maybe this dwarf's handwriting is particularly kind of atrocious. Yeah. Very, or maybe it's maybe it's overly elegant. So it's like extremely cramped and and very scroll. It's like scripty. Even more difficult. Mm-hmm. The author, for no reason, adds a bunch of emotion to the technical writing. A how-to manual. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's uh, so let's hop over to. I know that I know uh, Rangram. You wanna you wanna uh, forge some things, but so let's let's hop over and get some other people doing some some. If you want to do studying, yeah. what's everyone looking yeah. at? Mm-hmm. I I'm happy to, or Cosmo, if you want to. I'll go for it. Uh, okay, so I'm going to do basically the same thing every day we're here. Um, mm-hmm. During the day, uh, or I guess at night, I'm going to be helping Rangrim just be a set of hands. So like whatever it means to forge something. Glenn doesn't know, but he just figures he can at least be 
helpful enough to hand him tools and shit like that or just be mm -hmm. out of the way um but during the day when i recognize that the forge isn't isn't a going um glenn is going to be forging <laughs> forging books he's going to be transcribing books um as much as he can from like the tinkers side of things mm -hmm. but for the first day he's going to take the book that he transcribed yesterday okay. in which he's written it onto basically scrolls and he's going to roll up the scrolls attach a note that says um hey pops i hope there's some good you can do with this information it's all in dwarven i can't read it but hopefully this inspires you to make something cool and like puts that note as like a cover letter on top bounds it and then he's going to summon poe oh sick he's okay. going to attach it to poe and he's going to say basically just let poe know fly to pops don't stop till you get to pops this is for pops and don't stop till you pop don't stop till you pop and he's going to send poe on his way and then yeah for the next I don't know how many days we're going to be here, but he's kind of letting Cosmo and Rangrib drive drive our stay here. So whenever he has time, he's going to be approaching books and just trying to transcribe them. I think if okay. he sees Rangrim or Cosmo have any particular interest, he would definitely offer his transcription services as well. Okay, yeah, I think that um, I think that transcribing uh, we'll, we'll do a role for it, but I think that um, we'll do a. Mm. And we'll we'll do a roll for it, but I think that probably like one a night for it when it comes to transcribing is probably probably pretty like pretty that good. Plenty, yeah, yeah. I mean, if, um, yeah, sure, that works. Do you want to do another uh, tinkering book then? Uh, yeah, this next one would be. Uh, yeah, it'd be tied to you know more fine machinations, but it would be a little more focused on like Warforges, um, okay. kind okay. of trying to understand and come up with some ideas around the ways that uh, Rangram's hand would work and maybe if there'd be means of elaborating and making it and enhancing it. For sure. Uh, yeah, roll me an investigation check. Da -da 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 -da. A 10 plus uh, 16 total. Okay. Yeah, I think you're able to find one. Uh, I, I think that it's, I, I think that the, you're able to find a book of, uh, of actually a, one of the, hmm. yeah, I think you're able to find a book of a, a master Jordan craftsman that is uh, originally like started in tinkering and then kind of moved their way up into working on like developing war forges uh, over the over the course of their uh, their profession um, when it got to the point where they were uh, and then eventually they got to the point where they were building like iron golems they just kind of kept moving up through the sizes um, and I think that's the progression in this book is like they they got to the point where there was like I think their final thing that they ended up creating was this like monstrous iron golem uh, that they <laughs> kind of eventually uh, it doesn't really have a you know, kind of where that ended up. Uh, but they, it, that, I guess that was like their final piece that they created. Like their, their, you know, their, their peace day resistance was this like monstrous iron golem. Um, awesome. But yeah, I think, I think that a lot of the, uh, I think a lot of what you learned from this book is kind of how the, really the Warforge, uh, when it, like, I think that that's what this, this, this dwarf learned too through his master crafting is that really if you start small, you can always scale things up. And so like the same, really the same mechanics that would go into creating something small and for tinkering, 
was kind of, it really just kind of went onto a larger scale and added in more intricacies as you scaled up into the Warforges. Um, and really the biggest, the biggest component that went into that was the, uh, was the actual, like how the Warforges were powered. Um, but when it came to actually like creating these Warforges, I think that, um, I think you get a pretty good understanding of how to, uh, like basically how, how you would create one, it would take you time. Like it would certainly take you time, but like this, this, there's basically a manual in here for how to create an iron golem. Uh, and so you can kind of pedal that back and uh, you could likely create something smaller and more intricate. You basically have two ends at this point. You have the iron golem and you have the tinkering and you kind of, you're kind of meeting in the middle, which is, which is like, uh, Alton. So you kind of have the three components at this point uh, for the big, the medium, and the and the small. Uh, okay. So I think that this kind of uh, I think this this kind of added a valuable piece to your repertoire when it comes to your uh, tinkering knowledge. Cool. Well, then for that, I mean that sounds super in depth, and I think Glenn would not really care about what the next books would look like. Um, <laughs> Glenn's going to do everything he can the next couple of days to learn Dwarvish. <laughs> Okay. He has a better understanding of what Hell he's yeah. That's fucking dope. Okay, yeah, I like so that. He's asking um, a bunch of stupid questions to Cosmo, like, what's this saying? It's like, the or like... <laughs> Roll? What? Um, shit, man. What would be that? Would that be a history check? It's like Maybe straight intelligence? Uh, straight... That feels yeah. like an intelligence kind intelligence, of... Intelligence, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, roll me just a straight up and down intelligence. This could be like my day two or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, natural 18. So pl just plus the intelligence modifier. So uh, 21 yeah. total. Yeah, I think that I think it's gonna take you some days. I do think like, but I think that you uh, like, I think Glenn has been around for I mean, well, I know Glenn has been around for quite a while. This is, you know, he's not like, uh, you know, you are an intelligent being. Uh, I think that you're able to pick this up pretty quickly. This isn't the first language you've learned. Uh, but well, I, I think it's, it's like, one I've been meaning to learn. I just, you know, kept yeah, putting it off. For sure. Yeah. And <laughs> until I, mean, I ran into a magical library of dwarven Duol knowledge. Yeah. Duolingo <laughs> yeah. hasn't added it yet. And I've really yeah. just been waiting. Like the Rosetta Stone is just, you know, it's just so much more expensive. And um, no, yeah. I, I think that, uh, I think that you're by like day one, the end of day one, you're really kind of pushing through this. And I think that you're, uh, you're at like a, a kindergarten level of like comprehension Perfect. of language. Um, and you're, you're, there's a lot of, you know, you still have a lot of questions for, uh, for Rangram and for uh, Cosmo. Cool. But um, awesome. Uh, Cosmo, what are you doing? Yeah. So, um, so Cosmo would just kind of be over in the library, just uh, perusing around and maybe he would just turn to Melvin and just, Hey Melvin. Uh, I know that this place is mostly about like forging and things, but I was wondering, was there any like stone craftsmanship that would go on? Of course, there were master sculptors, and uh, you've actually passed some of their work. If you've come from, if you've come from the north, you would have you would have passed by some of uh, some of the crafts left behind from those pilgrims before you. The, uh, the statues of Morden. Yes, yes, of course. It was, it was a gift from a uh, someone departing, heading to the Dawnforge. Right. Yes. Uh. Well, I mean, it just kind of happenstance, and I uh, kind of found myself in a hobby, as I would probably call it, and 
was interested in finding out more. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, there's a there's a section here all about sculpting. If you uh, would be interested in reading up on that, or the huh. bench over there is should have all of the tools you would need necessary. And he kind of points to one. You can see just like literally every chisel ever is there. It, like, and they look like they are all like the ones that are next to each other are so minusculely different in like size that you wouldn't know, like being kind of like an amateur craftsman that like, it just kind of like, they just look like there's a bunch of the same chisel, but they're different chisels. They are for very um, different things. I'm sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, thankfully Cosmo has his magic chisel, magic chisel, but, uh, but you got two magic chisels technically. The ax. Oh, my Oh God! Hey, it's a war. It's like a mi- like a kind of like a modified mining pick, right? <laughs> no chisel. The the axe I took from Harold. Uh, uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right over my ball. <laughs> <bowl with that. laughs> yeah. Well, it was just like you know, it was in my family. My mom, she uh, imbued my my dad's armor with gems and. Uh, and then I ended up just making this little guy. I'm not really sure we've established how Tony follows me around at all yet. If or where very he's adorably, I'm sure. Extremely very adorably. Um, yeah, he just kind of follows me around like a maybe he rides on my shoulder. Not even. <laughs> um, just like oh fuck, because it's like a, it's literally like a rock. It is. I know. I know it is. He's a little mini stone golem. Um, yeah, you know, like Pikachu. Like Pikachu. For sure. Just Pikachu, just, you know, 500 pounds. Absolutely. But uh, if, if Ash had had a graveler following him around instead of <laughs> Pikachu. <laughs> yeah, but Ash is, I'm much stockier than. That's fair. I mean, Ash is an immortal being uh, in that <laughs> will never an age. teenager, really. It's true. God, that's the worst thing to be immortal in. Yeah. Like 12 or 13 forever. Ugh. Well, uh, oh, great. Well, that's, that's wonderful. I, I appreciate that. Say, uh, are there many other Warforges like you left? I'm... Hmm. I am fairly certain that this was the only one of this kind made. It was crafted uh, particularly for one of the ancient kings of Golden Grim, and when then it was embodied and changed hands a few times. But I am fairly certain that there this is the only one like it in existence. Yes, I uh, I traveled to Sakal from Golden Grim, and. Uh... I haven't seen one like it in since I, I thought was a wee I, lad. I thought I recognized the accent. It's been a bit since I've been there, but uh, you do seem to have the dialect. Yes. Uh, me father was a paladin of Moradin in Golden Grim, and then after the Sundering, we traveled all this way. And then, uh, well, he's gone now. Which I think is uh, what made the pilgrimage feel so forgotten. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, for some reason, I now bear his armor and his weapons. But uh, 
this weapon now carries its powers for some reason. And he kind of like holds out his war pick. He's like, I don't, I don't know. A lot of people have made a lot of weird suggestions about what lives in this weapon. But uh, what do you make of it? I guess he just kind of hands it over it. Okay. Um, I, yeah. Uh, Melvin grabs it uh, and it looks like probably pretty small in Melvin's hand. It looks kind of like a, like a, like a regular ass hammer uh, to a, to a person. Um, and uh, the, the make of the craftsmanship is, uh, is exquisite. Uh, it was clearly crafted in Golden Grim at the, before the fall, before the sundering. This is quite a, uh, quite a substantial weapon. I, I don't know whether I, I do see the markings for Moradin upon it, but I don't see this as any kind of mythical weapon or anything that Moradin would have wielded himself. Uh, I, I also, I don't know what I, I I don't know what else I can tell you. Well, I mean, I the only reason why I ask is knowing that you've been around for so long and I've, we came across a cleric some time ago and uh, it made it seem like there was something on that weapon. They made it seem like something of moored in. And he kind of picks it up like he'll take it from him and then uh kind of like just get the the lightning smite to crackle around the the base of the hammer okay uh while melvin's still holding it or no, after you well, take like it? i after i take it okay um yeah i think uh <clears throat> i think uh, melvin can't show facial expressions but Let's well it's it's quite it's quite impressive. I I don't know where that power might be coming from. And he kind of like reaches out to you and puts a and, and goes to put a hand on your shoulder. Do you let him do that? Yeah. And so he reaches out, um and as he's as he's as he's reaching towards you, I, I don't know where that power might have come from, but I understand the being uncomfortable. Uh, in your skin and not knowing exactly where, uh, you know, you know, not knowing fully yourself. I'm under, I'm understanding and sympathetic for that. Uh, and as he puts his hand on your shoulder, you see something happens. Um, the runes all over Melvin from the hand, uh, as like from the hand across the body, uh, all start shining with this kind of like. Uh, this white blue light is like almost as if it's like flowing through the cracks in the armor, uh, filling out all these runes and these kind of like uh, sigils that are covering it. Um, and I, I think that it like kind of like flows through his arm and then up the other arm and then kind of like meets in the middle. And like you see like the two, uh, like the, the whole like face and like the, the sigil of like Morden with the, the, the hammer and the, the anvil and the shield um, kind of just like light up uh, and as he as you do as that happens uh, Melvin t- removes his hand from you uh, and it kind of all fades what? 
The Allfather? What? What in what in the what in the nine hells is that? Like I said, they tell me it's of Morden. I don't even know what to, to do. Think. He's um. He just kind of. I think he kind of just sits there for a minute and is kind of taking this all in. And then he says, follow me. And he kind of heads back up the stairs um, and uh, leads you kind of up the stairs uh, and to the front door. Uh, would Glenn and Rangram be following or are you guys in kind of engrossed in what you're doing? Uh, Glenn, if he saw Melvin light up, then he definitely would have followed. That would okay. be very yeah, was- interrupting. Same with with Rangrim. Like if he if he was still reading, it would kind of be like, uh, "Oh, I'm gonna go see what that's about." Hundred percent. Okay. Um, okay. So uh, Melvin's going to lead uh, you all outside of the front door into like basically that big sigil in the center with the anvil, uh, and is going to uh, lead uh, lead you all out there. Um, and as you all leave the front door, um, Melvin is going to essentially shut it uh by putting his hand on this uh this sigil on the door which it all lights up with that kind of like purple uh purple colored uh like as all the sigils light up and basically the way you saw it kind of like dip disconnected like basically uh kind of like deconstruct itself before with all the gears the pieces pulling itself apart um he puts his hand on that same pad and the door reconstructs itself and seals itself again uh and he turns to cosmo and goes, I think you know what to do. Is it the anvil? No, it's it would be the 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 symbol next to the door, like where I mean, he, basically he's 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 willing you to try to do what he just did to open the door. Right, I I guess I, I guess so, um, and not really. He's going to. Um, He's actually going to use his hammer. Yeah, okay. Uh, he's going to touch it with the hammer. Okay. Uh, roll me... Just roll me straight up and down, d20. Mm. Mm, no, roll me... Do a religion check. I'm good with that. I mean, it's still a d20 roll, but... Right. With the religion addition of plus... So... <laughs> right back where we landed. There you go. It's just got some flavor. Yes, uh, fifteen. Um, yeah, I think that. <clears throat> I think that the sigils light up, but I think the door only. It. it I think it's a lot fainter light, uh, and I think the door only disconnects part of the way, um, and only about makes basically basically about like half of it is open. It's not fully open. Um, um, and... Go ahead. No, go for it. I'm going to say, uh, as that kind of happens, Cosmo is just like, what? And then he'll lower his weapon and put his hand on it. Uh, roll me the same roll with advantage. Or I am thinking it's the weapon. Uh, 18. 
I think that does it. Uh, you place your, you pull down the hammer and you place your hand upon this, uh, this stone wall and a much brighter light comes out of it this time again. Uh, but instead of that kind of purple light, it's that blue, that kind of like bluish, uh, white light. Uh, and that fills the crack of this door. And this door opens even faster than when Melvin touched it originally um, and just deconstructs itself. And the uh, the Dusk Forge is open again. And Melvin turns to you and goes, well, I guess you won't have any trouble getting into the Dawn Forge now. Melvin, what does all this mean? My son, I don't know exactly what this means, but the only people that can open this door are those who have been touched by Morden or have been gifted with their power. This armor that I wear, this body I live in, had been blessed by Morden in the past by the... had been granted its divine resolve and that's the only reason I can access this the lingering power of Morden within it the thing that powers it the thing that gives it its the ability for it to move around there's not a single soul living today that I know that could open this the clerics all lost their powers eons ago the only way to open these doors is through the power of Morden Cosmo is actually just going to like not even go back into the fold. And it's just actually gonna turn and kind of like walk toward art. Like yeah. you all see something really weird as he's walking to the cart. As he's walking across this like sigil that's on the ground, as he steps on it, each of the uh they seem to like radiate out with along the the like sigils on the ground uh just kind of like almost like he's walking in ripples in a pond they seem to kind of like turn blue a little bit around him as he's kind of walking away walking to the cart uh and then dissipates pretty quickly as he walks past it but uh it's just kind of like yeah ripples in water um, uh, glenn are you are you freaked out by watching all that is it just me? I have not understood a single thing that's been going on since we got here. I mean, I'm a dwarf too, and I didn't that that was all new to me. I'm freaked out, and I thought I, I don't even know what to think. Um, it kind of seems a little um, what was that word you used? You used it one time. That's probably not a good descriptor for a word. I talk a lot. Call it. You do talk a lot. You do yeah. that. You do that. It's hard to um, remember I, words. I'm gonna. I think maybe we leave him to uh, be alone with his uh, thoughts for for a minute. Because I mean, I can I do some weird shit with magic sometimes. That kind of just freaked me out. Uh, yeah, that's the closest thing I've seen to divine intervention if I've ever seen it. So I'm gonna kind of take a step back, let him ponder on what just happened. 
I told you this big motherfucker wanted to embolden you dwarves. I feel like you don't get much bolder than that. I mean, he definitely looks emboldened. I mean, look at him right now. And I feel like we look over and I feel like Cosmo looks kind of sad. I'm like, well, maybe not now, but he's got to feels emboldened. He's got to add some flavor to it. And I cast minor illusion and do like little like excited lights and sparkles around him. Just (laughs) looking really sad. (laughs) See, he looks he looks fine. Uh, Yep, it definitely makes the whole thing better. Uh, I'm gonna. Glenn's gonna go back into the, okay. back into the forge. Kind of look to Cosmo, see if he is looking for any type of company. But I'm guessing not, and heads inside. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh. I think we'll get back to Rangrim. So, um, is there? So, aside from Glenn's uh, scimitars, because I don't believe that that'll take you the entire time. You're extremely prolific when it comes to your crafting. What do you want to make? Like, what what weapons do you want to make? Uh, what like like that you want to have prepared for? You know, actually, like the ceremonial enchanting of them uh, via the dusk forges. Uh, you know, powers uh, this evening. Uh, well, as of uh, right now, uh, Rangrim would be, and for some reason, he thinks he thinks this makes sense. No one else probably does. But he's going to do his armor as well. So he's back to like early episode ring room where the only thing he's wearing is his Smith's apron. Yep. Rad. He's going to try to possibly imbue his own armor as well as uh, Glenn's scimitar. Scimitars. Um, awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. So basically, you're just trying to at this point. You're just trying to get the uh, the scimitars to be back to like where they can. Where, basically, fixing the connections between the two of them. Well, I feel like I, I would have, um, in preparation, done like cast mending, mm-hmm. to maybe fix some of the minor imperfections in it, as well as working with Melvin to prepare them for forging. As it sounded from what he, what I gathered from him, is it only is like the last final strikes when it's like nighttime yep. almost kind of like the last shaping and then like a quench or something like that and that's yep. kind of where it's all coming from kind of prepping yep. everything for that awesome rad um yeah so uh, so aside yeah so I, I would say that um I, I guess i'm trying to like just give me your best guess here because like how how long like how many weapons do you think that you could create within the time period before like i mean you have a full day you guys woke up yeah you've 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 done you've lost five hours to your reading of your book but aside from that you essentially have um like still a good like what eight hours or something like that yeah well Um, if i am also using my um if we were if i was using my channel divinity with it I mean, right off the bat, I could create at least two weapons or two pieces of armor in an hour, but I only have two uses of that. Mm. Glenn could definitely use some more daggers because he throws those willy-nilly and gave the last good one to Jargot for what it's worth. Um, uh, Would you consider... uh, Do you throw those daggers? Yes. Um, I don't know. Not always, but... just nitpicking here if you would consider the daggers pieces of ammunition because I can create 10 of those. They were thrown daggers. 
I don't know if it necessarily works like that. Yeah, I know. Just kind of there are weapons that are thrown property. Or but, I mean, I know that I could create at least two just in an hour right off the rip. It, this is more of a if you don't have anything that you want to make. Yeah. This is just right now, my only focus would be probably trying to blast her and my armor and work on your scimitar. Fuck it, man. Just make some cool shit. Make a make a weird helmet for Cosmo. Make a make a metal hat for Glenn. If you make something for Glenn, Glenn will wear it. Oh, easy there. <laughs> make a doorknob. <laughs> you, make, you make something uh, appropriate make, for make Glenn, he'll wear it. Uh, make some wheels for the cart. <laughs> some Dusk Forge blessed wheels for the cart. <laughs> So oh, that's, that, that's that's happening. That's perfect. Some you can oh, make yeah, some more horseshoes for it. I already made the star metal horseshoes. Now we're enchanting them. Let's go. If this car yeah. ain't flying by the end of this episode, <laughs> at if night it ain't it flying, John be lying. At nice. night it is uh, like Santa's reindeer, and we can fly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I know he probably stepped away for a bio break, but I he know did. he has that set on. So yeah, there it is. There yeah. it is. <laughs> um. Yeah, so uh, I did hear that. Um, I love it. Uh, I love all the things. Um, yeah, so, okay, so we're making, did you say you're making the wheels for the cart or are you do, you're enchanting the horseshoes? I'm going to enchant the horseshoes, but instead of remaking the wheels, because, you know, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel here, um, I would be trying to enchant the metal banding that would go yeah. around okay. the exterior of it, okay. as well as make Glenn, I'd make, and two daggers for Glenn. Okay, sounds good. So we're looking at uh, we're looking at scimitar, your armor, uh, the the banding, the horseshoes, uh, and then two daggers. Yep. Cool. Most Cosmo, That's... you want to throw anything on this DoorDash before we uh, go to check out? <laughs> before we hit send, forgetting Get some that euros. holy yeah, that holy delivery fee. Mm-hmm. I got that covered. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you are the holy delivery fee. <laughs> I know. Just just trying to not be rude. You don't want to leave them out. Yeah. Hey, God, can we get some help? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Hey, God, you want to come help me? Do you want to just do this for me? Yeah. Come hit it. Um, no, I don't have anything. Cool. I think that I think that's a good amount. That's going to be like, at this point, you're just like, I mean, you have essentially eight horseshoes that you also have to do now because it, it. This is very ex- true. Exponential um, growth. One thing that I would add throughout the day is I would be actually carving a relief into the scimitar. Mm. Uh, for Glenn, as he had had me do in the past, but on all faces of the the two blades, so the four faces, it's all the same image, and it's of Glenn standing on top of a pile of gold holding Adna's head. Rad. Hell yeah. Super, super cool. Super, super cool. I love it. Um, Yeah, roll me... What would it be for artistic talent? Uh, uh, Dex. Could that be performance? Probably sleight of hand or performance. Yeah, probably performance. I'll let you pick whichever one you're better at there, Dan. Sleight of hand or performance? Dex is his uh, dump stat, so. Yep, for so sure it is. Performance, let's go. How's a 14 suit you? I think that's pretty good, actually. I don't. I don't think it's the you know. I don't think it's the Sistine Chapel, but I also don't think that it's a uh, a stick figure. So I think it's. <laughs> I think. I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty good. It's. It, it, you can definitely tell. It's a little bit rough in spots, but I think you can absolutely tell that you know, 
this is uh, exactly what it is. I think you go in the more, a little bit more on the minimalist uh, side of it. So it, it's more of like a, a relief carving. Yeah, I think it would be a li- little bit more dwarvish in that nature. It'd be more hard edges and mm-hmm. symbolic. Green gets rad. He knows whose head rad. that is. For sure. Absolutely. I think it's rad. Um, awesome. Yeah, I think that that's uh, great. Um, I mean, we can jump to uh, we can jump to dusk if you'd like to, or if there's anything else anyone would like to do in the meantime. I know Cosmo's uh, emo boying it up outside, and uh, I know uh, Glenn is basically assisting Rangram at this, this throughout this process. Yeah, now, um, now that Rangram's not reading, Glenn is now going over and dropping the the tea off for Sad Boy outside. <laughs> He's just now shifted into taking care of Cosmo. Yeah, uh, I think after probably at least one round of amenities from from Glenn, Cosmo would make his way back into the forge. Um, not really saying much of anything, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just kind of maybe smiles and nods and then goes back to the section of books that Melvin had kind of directed him into mm-hmm. um, as far as like stone cunning or uh, crafting jewels, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did we have you? Did I have you roll? Uh... Me? No. Okay, yeah, roll an investigation check. Book or something? Mm-hmm. Roll a book check. Roll a book check. An investigation, which I probably is a zero, which it is, because I'm not very intelligent. It is a 10. Right in the middle. Yeah, I think you find I think you find a book. Um, and I think that it's it's someone that was a little bit more eccentric uh in their in their creations uh they they like to create a lot of very strange uh oddities not even that they were think of more of the abstract like the picasso of 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 of, uh sculpt sculpt work um and uh i think that i think that they've created some very unique pieces using a lot of like very different outside of the box carving methods and i think what you pick up from this is that um it's not like you're not going to be a master uh of like uh, you know, uh, uh, creating like an exact replica of like, uh, you know, a, a Cosmo or a Glenn or a Rangrim. Uh, but I think you learn a lot of unique uh, skills for carving different uh, with different disciplines, I guess, with very strange outside the box thinking of, of sculpting, like sculpting stone. Great. Cause I use dead people's toes to craft. So and alongside the box so yeah. far. No, that's, that's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely outside the coffin thinking. Definitely. Or inside. Who knows? Mm. It's recycling. It's God. <laughs> Perfect. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Grandma. Tony. <laughs> Tony. <laughs> oh, man. Um, that's all I, yeah. All right. Are you wanting to work on anything in particular? Are you wanting to make more a Tony arm? I think you can only enchant one of them at a time, I believe. Enchant one what? A Tony. Oh, yeah, no. Um, I'm not really... It's mostly just like, hey, I really like that. Okay. Like, what is this? I'm curious yeah. about it. Cool. Now. So just the next time you have to create... If Tony gets destroyed, you have to create another one. You'll mm-hmm. be. You'll have a little bit better skill set going. Or if I it, end I up doing something non-living golem type... Yeah. Training with it, whatever. 
I like the idea of Cosmo just going around and carving all these like crazy stone things as you guys like leaving them as landmarks on your guys' travels yeah. along the path. I think that's cool. Oh, that's yeah, that's that's me. Just a bunch of big stone dongs along <laughs> your journey. Um, no, I think that's rad. Um, yeah, if there's any if there's anything else you guys want to do, otherwise we can we can jump cut to dusk. Jump cut it. Awesome. Yeah. So I, I think that, um, I think that like dusk kind of like the sun starts going down and I think you all see something kind of really cool and unique. Uh, would you want to be outside, uh, as it kind of starts getting darker, would you want to be down in the forge? Rangrim? Um, I think Rangrim would be, cause we did see that there's like that large anvil at the top that lit up when we came in mm-hmm. and I think right now Rangrim would just be antsy. So he'd be down at the forge waiting to see what happens down in the thick of it yep uh awesome so if you're down the forge uh and what you're basically what you end up seeing is uh as the sun goes down uh the the forge like it seems like so you're in this place that's essentially like lit kind of ambiently by like a red light from the actual like molten metals that are flowing through it uh, kind of out of that huge head of Morden. And that's like the peace day resistance in this chamber. Uh, and then kind of like flowing around the room into all these like different pits and pools uh, that are near all of these separate workstations for these different disciplines of craftsmanship. Uh, and as the sun goes down, of course, you don't see it. But there is like, you see that at the top of the chamber, you can see that what looks like the bottom of like, you kind of see this like metal circle that's up there at the top. And as the sun goes down, you assume, do you see that light with that purple, like that kind of like amethyst color and just shoot basically down uh, this like purple light shoots straight down hitting the anvil that's in the center of the chamber and just like lighting it with that purple light and the floor itself all lights up the glyphs exactly like you saw on the surface it's almost a mimic of it Uh, and it just like the chamber is now illuminated with that purple light again uh, all the way along the floor and then the you know bright glowing anvil in the center of the chamber uh, and kind of as that happens, you hear, um, I almost call them Luther, uh, you hear uh, <laughs> Melvin uh, come come kind of stomping over, uh, and he just hands out a, uh, a hammer and uh, and tongs for you, and this hammer is just like, it's it's very it's kind of, it's not, not a war hammer based, it's, you know, it's very much a forging hammer, but it is just like covered in, in runes and runics and dwarven symbology, uh, and, and kind of in a kind of chaotic way, as if it's been like signed by like a lot of different people who have used it over the years. It is just like chaotically covered everywhere in these like different family kind of like symbology of the people who have come before. Awesome. So Brangram would just uh, probably wasting no time, just butt naked with my dwarf apron on, my blacksmith apron on, just you know hammering the rest of the you know the his armor and glint scimitars and daggers, the horseshoes and the banding on the wagon, and you know moving that, breaking it, and um, kind of putting the last blows to it and you know quenching everything appropriately 
but kind of you know looking for melvin's like eye like a little bit like am, am, am i doing this right you know so which one do you start with um i would start with glenn's scimitar rad because that's what um, i was gonna do awesome uh i don't think i'm even gonna make you hmm I don't think I'm gonna make you roll for this. I think this is I think this is totally your wheelhouse. You are so comfortable with this. You 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 and you just read a book about like how to imbue this. Like you're willing this this metal to us absorb and to like take on these properties from this anvil. Whatever these gifts are that are being given to it as you're hammering it, like you're you're lighting you're you're basically uh, heating this metal up so that it's red hot and then you're throwing it on this anvil and you're doing these like final finishing ham- like blows, these, these, these final hammering to like perfect this weapon that was I mean, it was a good weapon to start but it's better now and as what you start noticing is as like you're, you're hammering on it, the color of the orange is starting to change, it's kind of taking on almost like this strange hue between like it, it's changing in its color it's, it's going, it's kind of I'm trying to think of like what the color would be, but it's starting to like shine with a with a completely different hue, almost as if it's like taking on more of that purple, like that kind of violet color. And as you go to quench it, uh, normally you would expect that steel to just turn dark and then have to be kind of polished afterwards. You quench it, and the red goes away, but it's shining pretty violently with that violet light. Uh, and it stays shining with that light um, as you kind of set it off to the side and grab the next weapon and starts uh, and start your work on it uh, in the same fashion. Um, and I, I mean, do you hand it off to Glenn or do you kind of set it off to the side? I would set it off to the the side and just keep on, just like nose to the grindstone, just getting all this in. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I think that. I think that for most of the, for, for everything you're doing, it, it goes through a similar process. Um, and after the fact, uh, they are all like, you basically have this kind of like pile of, uh, I assume like a lot, probably a lot more, um, I guess giving a lot more of, you're taking a lot more care than just like throwing them in a pile off to the side, like, like magic weapons, magic weapons, magic weapons, like yeah. tossing off the side. I think this is a lot more, uh, you have a lot more, uh, reverence there's the word uh for these items than that um so they're kind of maybe there maybe there's like a, a table set off that is uh, you know ha- it has some like cloth laid down some nice soft cloth to like set these all onto um but i think that you know i think you're you're sitting there uh you know for uh, you're i mean you're working on these things for hours probably into like the wee hours in the morning and i think just as this as this forge as this anvil goes dim um you know i think you are just like fucking spent man i think you are just like butt naked and sweaty and tired and like you are just like i think you're just like shaking from the amount of like you've just been it's almost like you've just been in like a trance just working on these things through the night um glenn and cosmo would you have stayed up with him kind of watching this oh yeah glenn's assisting in every way so like maybe when he's like handing off the things with reverence glenn's like either with his mage hand or really thick gloves because Glenn's not fireproof like Rangram is uh, like setting the things down handing him whatever he needs if he looks thirsty gives him ale all that kind of stuff he's just he's just being shot monkey uh, rad awesome uh, yeah so uh, I think that 
I think that basically, I mean, I, I don't know, Rangram, I think you're just like super taxed uh, by this. Um, and so what, what do you do as you kind of like finish this task? Well, being like super spent, I think the first thing he would do would, you know, just kind of looking over all the items. And I imagine that it was like his armor and Glenn's weapon. He took a, like a little bit more time and there was a lot more purpose mm-hmm. behind it. It was like a spiritual experience for him. And then he got to the horseshoes and the banding for the cart and the daggers. And he's just was like having fun and just like whipping those things out. And Glenn had to like mate champ catch him and was like, dude, chill. Like we need these. And, uh, but when he's like kind of spent, I think the first thing that he would do, it would be to don his armor mm-hmm. and just kind of like give it a feel for a minute to see how it feels on him. While he's while he was kind of turning off the forge mode and he I could Glenn could tell that it was kind of coming to an end. Uh, Glenn would have walked over to his boots and pulled out a, a boot cigarette and lit it for him and just kind of like waiting for him to need it. My man. That's awesome. Um, awesome. Do you want to, uh, do you want to do a, uh, I guess, identify on this to see what kind of enchantment it has now? Yup. Let's, let's do that right off the rip. All right. Do you identify uh, one thing at a time or does identify work in a group? Cause I actually have something else that needs to be identified. Well, I believe. I don't know how that spell is, works. Choose one object that you must touch. Throughout the casting of the spell, do your thing. I think you can burn spell slots, so you don't have to burn a bunch of money, right? Um, you have to burn money every time. Technically, I'd have to burn money every single time, but I can cast Shit. that as a ritual, so I don't have to burn any of the spell slots. Technically, and you have half. You have half. Have half, half casting half time, time for the ring of rituals. Right. So you want? So uh, would you want to do the one of the pieces of armor, one of the weapons, and then because I'll tell you that right now, like the weapons, all the weapons are going to have the same enchantment. All the armor is going to have the same enchantment. Yeah, and then so you I would can, do like my armor. Glenn's scimitar and mm-hmm. one of the horseshoes. Because I figure, you know, I don't got to do all eight of them, right? Better. Fair, fair. Um, yes. So, uh, oh my God, I didn't even, I, I didn't literally didn't think about the horseshoes. Um, yes. <laughs> no one ever thinks about the horseshoes. No one thinks about the horseshoes. I like the idea that all eight of them have different effects. Like, <laughs> like it's like different energies coming out of them. Fireball. Well, they have. Yeah, they already have. Just, they already have the chaotic enchantments from before. Uh huh. Um, oh my yeah. god. We all, I also don't know if I knew what they were yet. We never did. Never got those identified. Mm-mm. These horseshoes are the most magical thing that we have. <laughs> it's so awesome. They are 100. <laughs> percent Maybe um, my bow is the only other thing that does magical. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this. I'm not gonna don't don't spend on the horseshoes. I'm gonna have to take some time to think about something unique to do with yeah. these because I, okay. I I did have I did have some uh, some ideas for what they already had on them, but I, I'm trying to think of like how I can spin it because once I tell you what the enchantments are on the weapons and armor, you'll understand why I'm like that's not gonna fit for a horseshoe. I need to figure something else out. Um, so what else did Glenn want it, uh, identified? Oh yeah, so you had another item in there. Yeah, so if you're if you're in identify mode and Glenn recognizes that you're doing this. Uh, He's gonna bring forward a like a large ruby that's about like the size of his hand. That's got a large crack kind of going through the middle of it, and it's it it's kind of strangely heart shaped. Um, and he's gonna approach, kind of you know reverently, understanding this is like a really taxing experience because uh, since we're in the the phase of seeing if there's any magical properties tied to what was made, I picked this off apparel uh, when I looted him blind. 
uh, might be, might have something to it. it. Might just be a really big stone, but the shape makes me think it's got something to it. It's just like this fat heart shaped ruby. I'm going to hand that to Rangram. There's, there's like these, um, kind of striations, like darker colored, uh, like red running through it as well. Cause it's like mostly like, it's like semi-opaque. Uh, and then it has like these darker kind of veins running through it and like a, a that are like fully opaque, like dark, dark red as well. But it's got like some monster crack running top to bottom in it. Mm -hmm. um, awesome. Well, I'll start with the, I'll start with that then. Um, so you, you don't know what this thing is called. Uh, but what you're getting from it is you're getting a, a slight sense uh, that there is something. It's it doesn't seem inherently magical, like in, in its nature, but it seems like there is some sort of presence within this thing. It's very faint, um, but it seems like this this thing like has lost a lot of its potency, its power, whatever. Like whether it's because of the crack or because it's damaged or whatever the case may be. But you're getting a sense of like there's something in this, like it's, there's something like potentially like uh, kind of living or is, you know, inside this, this item. Um, I won't make you spend anything for that, but you get that one for free. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll just have you spend the two then. Um, so for the weapons, uh, the weapons, you, you, you uh, take a look and you cast identify on Glenn's, uh kind of faux scimitar from Adna. This weapon now at night, uh, will have a plus one uh, and will have a, uh, a plus, uh, basically a plus a D6 of radiant damage that it does uh, at night. Um, it also has the ability to uh, light or dim at your will. Uh, all of these items will have that ability. It can be, it can be lit or dimmed um, at your will, um, and this power is only uh, at night. Um, basically, as soon as light hits it, it, uh, it, it it'll cease to function. Just to clarify it, none of the weapons are mine, but um, does it work like if we go into darkness, like under in a cave? Or is it only... It's only at night. Yeah, it's okay. only at night. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not just dark. Darkness, it's, it would okay. be at all times. Um, for the armor, uh, you cast it on your armor. Um, the armor is also now a plus one uh, at night, and it is resistant to necrotic damage. Oh, boy. Ooh. Likey, likey, likey. All right. Well, I mean, Rangrim is, you know, very very pleased with himself even though he's probably like extremely tired you're just shaking like your cigarette <laughs> <laughs> it's working it's working and um he would then take the daggers mm -hmm. as well as the scimitar and he would just hand them like arms outstretched like handing them to glenn i believe these are yours uh, Glenn gonna take them and offer one of the enchanted daggers to Cosmo. Cosmo, do you want one of these? They're really good for throwing. I'm not sure how good you are at that, but generally a really bad shot. But uh... you can stab something in the face. It's still kind of on brand. Yes, that's it is quite on on brand. If it were. Uh, please don't try and franchise that. But, <laughs> uh, sure, I'll take it. Gonna give him one of the enchanted daggers, and then Glenn's gonna look at the the double bladed scimitar and 
kind of acknowledge the the relief that was carved into it. Again, just beautiful work, Rangrim. I, I always love how you add your own touch to it. Hopefully, uh, I'll get to hold the real thing soon. Not just the blade, but also her head. And he's going to kind of do a little flourish, see if it feels about the right weight. And he's going to sheathe it. Brad? Yeah, I think that um, I think it feels better. I think it feels. I think before when you were wielding this thing, like it felt, it felt like Adna's weapon. It felt like you know, it, it was kind of like a bastardization of your of your weapon you had had before. I think it feels a little bit better now. Whether or not that's just kind of placebo or not, what? But like, like the I think the blades feel a little bit wider. I, I think that like I think Rangram made some modifications to it that made it a little bit closer to what your previous scimitar was, and so I, I think that you it just feels better in your hands. Awesome. Um, yeah, so you all are in the wee hours of the morning. All definitely have exhaustion. Uh, and uh, so are you all wanting to just kind of crash out um, and then kind of, uh, you know, tackle this in the, uh, you know, kind of the afternoon, um, like late afternoon once you all wake up? Uh, yeah, I, I think that's what Glenn would want. Yeah. I haven't heard back from uh, Pops either to see if uh, Pose made it. And I imagine that take a couple of days. So yeah, Glenn's in no rush sure. to head out into the world without a full full set of spells and full set of uh, tools at his disposal. Okay, awesome. Um, so unless you all have anything you want to do, uh, I think we can just uh, we can just time skip uh, to you know. Kind of, I would say probably like late afternoon would be when everyone's kind of waking up. And Glenn a little bit earlier, of course. That's fine. Guys wake up to uh, whatever was left in the bag that a uh, Amy gave Cosmo, the food, and Glenn did his best to cook some semblance of food. Um, but yeah, they, they wake up to the smell of some form of dwarven food. Stewed lizards. Stewed lizards mm. and rock bread or whatever weird shit dwarves eat. <laughs> rock bread. That sounds I just like pictured dwarves are just gorgons from Zelda. Glenn, yeah, making the bread. Glenn, Glenn just grabs rocks and throws them in. It's like they probably need that. I don't know. And like, there's just rocks in the bread now. <laughs> Mud pies. It's just inedible. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Um, awesome. I, I think that uh, I think that Melvin is kind of like up, just kind of walking around. And so, I don't mean to pry, but how long do you intend to stay in? Uh, you're more than welcome, of course, to use these lodgings as at your leisure, but I am curious to know where you intend to go next. Well, uh, suppose next for me maybe will be the Dawnforge, or I don't even know where to go to seek out more answers to this power that I carry. Don't even. I don't even know. Old break. I uh, maybe. There was some clerics I mm. came across some time ago that uh, seemed to have some possible information. Unless there's something you would reckon for me. There. There is, and you'd have to be careful because of Sakal and the Empire do not particularly like 
digging up the past of the old gods. They, they would rather move forward past them. But if you're careful, there is a very old uh, temple to Morden within Goldbreak that I believe has been shuttered for some time. Uh, might be some answers there for you. There's There are more temples to Morden around, of course, spread, but many have been converted into chapels to the to the seven, the new seven gods. And though I don't have a particular fondness for all of them, the seven, at least when they were, well, I don't know them as deities, but when they were mortal creatures, I... They all were terrible. Wait, you knew them? I, I was lucky enough to. I was telling your friend here about how I came to be in this body and the, the adventuring group that came through and liberated the gold, Golden Grim so long ago just happened to be the... Seven adventurers that eventually ascended to the seven gods that we now we now have. Yes. Oh, I I grew up in that city, so I sure owe some level of gratitude to him. While I don't know how they managed to replace Morden, but uh, you know, yes. It's interesting. Rangram, do you, you hear that, Rangram? We can become gods. That's, yeah, what, I heard. That's what I took away from all that. I, I I was just reading a book, and I'm taking notes now. I heard all that. Like, So if we kick their ass, then I'm a god. And I'm pretty sure Cosmo's already got the juice. So like, if I think we're on the fast track for that one, mate. I mean, if you're starting to use books, I don't know what's going to be able to stop you. Nothing can stop me now. I read books. <laughs> Terrifying thought. Well, uh, I, it's, I, I appreciate the information. I don't. I don't know if I'm quite ready to uh, to open that door just yet. Yesterday was. Uh, Pretty shocking for me to do that, whatever I did. But uh, I, I appreciate the, the insight. I'm happy to help. I, whatever, whatever I can provide, I'm I'm happy to. I've lived quite a long and storied life, and having lived through the Horn Wars and the Endless Night, I'm. I'm happy to help pass those stories along as to not have them. Well, not that I'll be dying of old age anytime soon, but not to have them end with me at the least. Yes. Uh, well, I don't think they will. And uh, hopefully they don't die with me. But uh, uh, yes, that's all I really had. Fellas, did you need to do or make, read, write, transcribe, anything else? I mean, it's going to take a while, but I made a lot of stuff. 
and I'm pretty sure the cock can do some really weird stuff. But it's going to take me a minute to figure all that out. So, I mean, if we do take the cock, we're going to tread lightly because I don't even know what could possibly happen. I think it sounds like our ride west is going to be even more exciting now. Mm-hmm. Just the trip itself might kill us. You guys sound fun? Horses. It's going to be like fucking riding horses in Skyrim, just riding right up the mountains. <laughs> Turbocharged <laughs> donkeys is all anybody ever needs. Oh, what God. I've always said. So, Wes? Whatever you think here, Cosmo, my boy, I think that um, we, ju- we just closed a couple uh, pages in my book, and now all of a sudden you seem to be on a like, a different kind of journey, except like you know, you want to know what where like you're getting all your powers from. Is that I'm pretty sure with you, it's not like a blood mutant, it's living in your guts. Yeah, well, I certainly don't get that feeling. I don't get that vibe from you either. You definitely give off a much more like, like, um, like good energy. But I mean, you've helped me get this far, so I mean, we're gonna help you figure out whatever. Like, uh, are you a god? Do we have to kill the other gods? Uh, one dwarf to another, I got your back there on that one my friend and it oh. kind of gives them like a like kind of gets them in like a headlock and gives them like a noogie thanks thanks rain grim well i uh appreciate it and i'll likely need your hand one day i think i uh i think glenn kept it oh I... you just, like a hand all right sorry i'm sorry right. did glenn keep the hand <laughs> Does not want a hand. <laughs> Definitely not. It's. I think. I think Melvin just mopped it up. Did yeah. Melvin? <laughs> I'm pretty sure those spiders nuked it. Yeah. If no one was keeping it, it likely got cleaned up. Right. Well, uh, I don't think I'm ready to uh, delve deeper down this hole of uh, what has emboldened me, as Melvin would say. But uh, I think I think I'm ready for a little bit of a light uh, adventure. Lynn, didn't you say there was gold to be made somewhere near here? Yeah, if we uh, keep heading west, there's a whole group of pirates with our our names on them. We just got to go find them, if I remember correctly. It was in the uh, town of Westreach. I think that's a little do. Due north and a little bit west of here, and sure. probably see like, it from the cliffs. Those are like bad guys, right? I mean, kind of like me. Depends really what kind of mood they're in. I've met some nice pirates. It's kind of how I got here. Met some mean pirates. It's also kind of how I got here. Kind of depends. Well, well, we're see, gonna find out. I don't see anything that could go wrong at this point. And no, probably not. Um, they have like a king or something. They will soon. Yep, Glenn's going to be king of the pirates. As the tears perk up. <laughs> as as you all are saying, nothing could go wrong. <laughs> uh, Glenn, yeah, behind uh, behind Rangram and Cosmo, uh, kind of like out towards the door of uh, like the hallway, uh, you see a kind of like spectral blue form uh, that's tall and slender and wearing you know similar garb to you you see this form kind of it's like flickering like a bad connection uh and you see it kind of like just 
Flicker move past the door, uh, moving towards the exit to the Dusk Forge. Past behind them. Uh, yeah, Glenn's gonna follow that out and kind of like as he's walking past the guys, be like, uh, might want to kind of tag along with me real quick. I think I just saw Chandrail. Well, um, I mean, I'm coming, but I'm still so confused on what Chandrail is and how come you can only see it. And what, I mean, I'm coming. Walking. Yeah, Glenn doesn't even. Yeah, doesn't even acknowledge it. Yeah, uh, I've never seen her either, but uh, I guess we'll just follow him. We never saw your beastie that was trying to kill you. What? I'm pretty sure Melvin just spent like a whole day mopping it up. You didn't see that. No, no, or the other time. What? Whatever. Let's go. <laughs> uh, Glenn, you head out the door, uh, and you can see this kind of like flickering form of uh, Chandrel that's kind of like running at a pretty fast clip, uh, kind of towards the edge of this. Uh, this kind of like outside ring where the, the anvil's in the center of it, like towards one of the cliff edges. Uh, and it, as it as it's like getting further from you, it's kind of flickering more and more to the point where like you can barely make out their silhouette, especially kind of in like the daylight. Um, and then they just kind of stop and they're looking away from you. And it seems like they have their hand just kind of like outstretched and pointing. Uh, and as you catch up with them, you come right up alongside them and you can see there's just like they are looking directly at you Glenn uh, and they are just pointing to the to the basically to the north to the kind of like northwest and she just says find me and that's where we're going to end the episode tonight uh cool yeah, I love it <laughs> find me <laughs> Just, I love Chandra's like game show host voice. It's like awesome. So good. She's like, oh, I knew she would end up coming back. She can't stay away. <laughs> I just sure picture can. her annoying. I just picture her annoying the shit out of Adna. Oh, like, hey, sure. why haven't you killed anything today? <laughs> <laughs> why aren't you robbing people? The other guy was a lot cooler than you. Look at that wealthy <laughs> guy. You should steal from him. Why aren't you stealing from him? 